Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of Multiple Voices. My Multiple Voices podcast, true to its name, includes different series. For example, we have the Voices of Love, where we discuss relationships, the voice of empowerment, the voice of laughter and play, the voice of pleasure, and the magical voice of archetypes and how they change the way we live. But we also have the voice of memory that includes everything from history to discussions of past life regression. There's also writing voices where we interview both seasoned writers and authors who have just started getting their feet wet with writing and we learn what can work for you as potential writers. Our series called Voice of the Spirit discusses different forms of spirituality and religion. And then Channeling Voices is a series that covers what happens when you channel, but is also extended to mediumship. Take a moment to review this podcast if you've enjoyed listening, and leave a hearty five stars. I'd appreciate it. Enjoy your listening. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back with another episode, and today my guest is Indra Rinsler. Say hello, Indra. Hello, how are you? <laughs> Indra is located in California, and he's here today, and um, he's willing to put his expertise uh, open out in the open for us, and um, it will definitely be of interest. Now, for more for 50 years, Indra has been involved in spirituality and uh, Vedic astrology, and he's been studying and sharing Enneagram of personality since 1999. Now, I've had um, Indra, I've had a woman here who very briefly mentioned that, but didn't get into uh, any details. Perhaps we can touch on that as well. Now, Indra uses these modalities in what he calls life readings designed to help clients wake up to who they really are, and that is a big big um, bit of information. That's really, really important. I can't tell you, Indra, how many of my clients come to me and say, I need to know who I am. I need to know what I'm meant to do. Um, He's uh, an enthusiast, um, enthusiastic, genuinely enthusiastic, and he's an uh, interesting man who has been a world traveler when we used to be able to travel um, for over 20 years offering sessions and classes in both the United States and Asia. He, his stories and experiences usually are very amusing and interesting for us all. So I'll give you all of his social media and where to find him at the end. Indra, welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad that you had the time, you took the time to, to be with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Great. Now, there are two things that I'd really like to dive into, and I'll tell you, and you can choose which one we can talk about first. Um, I don't, I'm not an astrologer. I have, the only thing I do is separate a reading, public general reading on my YouTube channel and give it the title of an astrology, Western astrology, Aries, Taurus, and so on. Um, that I would like if we could talk about. And the other is this Enneagram. I, I, you know, you choose what you would like to start it out with. Uh, I don't really care. Either one. It doesn't matter. Okay, let's start with the Enneagram. What is that? Absolutely. Um, go ahead. So the Enneagram is, Enneagram it comes from Greek. It means nine-sided figure. And it's, uh, it's uh, on the simplest of levels, it's a psychological tool 
to help us to know our own our own self better. It's uh, there. There are nine personality types, and one of them is at our core. One of them is who we are. It's how we uh, interact with the the life. But it's also a really deep spiritual tool, because because uh, while psychology is wonderful, it doesn't really have an end game. But in spirituality, the end game is to wake up to who we really are, to live in the moment. And and by getting the by understanding the core triggers of our personality story, it enables us to go beyond those triggers and to be in the moment. So uh, give me an example, if you will. Um, you know, when we talk about Western, you know, astrology, everyone knows that there are 12 signs. In this, is there a test or a, a questionnaire or something that is given to clients so they can learn? Yes. About them? Yeah. Yes, there is a uh, simple test. Uh, that people can take and it doesn't work for everybody because everybody isn't uh like you say some people have really trouble knowing who they are and we can we can see that astrologically uh, uh there are certain configurations but uh, in the enneagram for most people they take the five minute test and they have a pretty good idea of what their personality type is. The, 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 the points are numbered one through nine. There's no hierarchy. And they also have names, but people don't always use the same names. Mm -hmm. And so we use the, we use the numbers. And uh, uh, for some people, they may never understand their any. They may never get their Enneagram type. And for many people, for, for some people, it will be a, a months or years of digging into themselves in order to figure out what's really at the core. And there's no, uh, there's no good or bad about any of it. Uh, it, mm. it, it's, it, if it's easy for you to figure out, it's only because you, you're really, uh, you're strong in yourself and you know who you are. And so you just radiate from that story. And then there's mm -hmm. people that kind of live in between and, and those people have more difficulty. Mm. I'm having trouble uh, understanding. Now I, I, I get that it's a test. But if I take a test, I'll, I'll give you my reasoning. I get the test, I take the test, and I come out like um, type four, right? I just choose to okay. type four. So I imagine there's an explanation or a profile yes. for type four. So when you say many people don't get their type, I, I don't understand what you mean. Because if I have that and I can read it, I should understand that that reflects my personality or nature is that right well that is correct but uh, for some people they say uh you know they that you say that uh, let's say that you uh you're uh, a lawyer and i right. say well did you did you always want to be a lawyer and you say well no um uh you know my parents kind of wanted me to be a lawyer and so that's why i'm a lawyer so is that you or isn't it you and so they'll read they'll read four and they'll say yeah i can relate to that and then they'll read six and they'll relate to that and then they'll read nine and they say they relate to that and again it's neither good nor bad it just is the nature of some people's personalities the 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 nine the the ninth point yeah number nine yeah. uh the the peacemaker its story is that they don't know themselves and they relate to everyone. And so the person who says, well, I relate to this one, I relate to this I one, see. I relate to this one, I relate to this one, mm -hmm. that is usually the nine. And so <laughs> so that's why it can get confusing because there are uh, 
there are there's a lot going on underneath that we don't know. Is that our story? Is that our belief? Or is it a belief that we have picked up from society that mm-hmm. we are susceptible to other people's beliefs? And then we okay. think that they're our belief. All right. Let's get personal here, Indra. Who was Indra in his teens? Where were you? What was it like for you um, in that difficult age, you know, high school age? Um, okay, so what, what what were you doing? Well, I, we were we're jumping around now. Yeah, no, teen because I have years. to understand. <laughs> so, uh, in teen years, I was in New York, which I think is, is your whole uh, right, whole right. Hometown. I come from there. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I was uh, figuring out ways to get out of there <laughs> uh, as a teen. <laughs> Going to high school on a track of uh, uh, college. I went to a high school that was very uh, uh, a college oriented, a very high achieving school, yeah. and uh, was uh, yeah. I wouldn't say that I was particularly deep. I was just going through. I was mathy, and I was going through and and trying to you know, without trying to, without being able to understand anything, Mm -hmm. I was uh, just trying to get from one stage to another. I remember being 16, 17, 18, walking around New York and realizing that you can't take a vacation from yourself, that wherever you go, (laughs) there you are. Thank God. (laughs) Well, now, (laughs) all right. So did you then go on? Because I know that there are, I myself in the United States did that, the the college track, you know, so. Sure. uh, So then I went on to, did you go on? Uh, yes, I was a graduate school dropout, and uh, <laughs> I was I was in the uh, I think it was the number two business school uh, MBA program in graduate school, and mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. It, I realized that it wasn't that it wasn't that I wouldn't do business; it was that I was not that interested in corporate business. In and corporate I didn't really business, need, I see. Yeah, I wasn't uh-huh, really uh-huh. interested in what they were teaching. But at that point, Indra, were you still on the East Coast? The... Uh, no, I was in the Midwest then. Oh, so you got around there too, <laughs> just like our topics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Absolutely. so from the Midwest, did you come back to New York or did you then migrate over to the East, the West Coast? Um, well, I, I after I graduated college, I came back to New York for uh-huh. um, a, a, a period of time. But yeah, then yeah. once I got going back to the graduate school, uh, I never really came back. Yeah, I, I moved. I moved to California um, soon after dropping out of graduate school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And never came back. That's where you remained, more or less, except for yes. some travel. I, well, I lived in, I lived in uh, well, yeah, I lived in uh, Oregon for six years, I believe. And then Still I moved the back to Coast. California. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, in 99, I started being a world traveler. Uh-huh. Um, I've actually only spent one winter in the U.S. since 98, except mm-hmm. for COVID winters. Right. And, so uh, is that when your, uh, your let's say, your interests turned into the direction of Vedic astrology, into the direction of what what work you're doing now? Well, no, I wouldn't. Well, yes and no. I would uh-huh. say that uh, more specifically the Enneagram, because I didn't learn that until 99. Uh-huh. 
right before I started traveling. Right. But I started mm-hmm. on the spiritual path when I moved to California. I um, uh, we learned about uh, metaphysical bookstores, and I went to visit one in Berkeley mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. started buying astrology books and started buying uh, spiritual books and and. Uh, uh, you know, I guess in a sense, the rest of history, the, yeah. the idea and of just going deeper and deeper yeah, into yeah. those topics. And it's interesting that you're still talking about books, you know, really, you could, something you can hold in your hand. And uh, and it's, inter- yeah. because, it's interesting because many people come to me, what could I do to learn? I, I mean, all you have to do is read, really, or look around, really, today with regards to the past. So you did you have some sort of influence? Did you, along your path, had, had you met someone who sort of got you interested in uh, specifically Vedic astrology? Vedic astrology, uh, I was living in a, a spiritual community that had Indi- a lot of Indian roots, an Indian teacher yeah. in Indian roots. And so uh-huh. when I, uh, of course, at first we didn't study Vedic astrology, but mm-hmm. when I got back into it in the 90s, uh, Vedic astrology had become uh, popular in my community, and I mm-hmm. had uh, some uh, people around there who were interested in it. And um, interestingly enough, it wasn't until the weekend that I first took Enneagram classes. It's, oh. uh, I'd never heard of it. Uh-huh. And then somebody had suggested it to me. Yeah. And uh, so I went to a weekend, and in that weekend... On the Saturday, I remember thinking that that Enneagram reminded me of astrology. Mm-hmm. And within three months, I met a, a teacher. Well, um, within three months, I met someone yeah. who I then went to study with a couple of months later. And he taught me a system of how you can read Enneagram in, mm-hmm. in astrology, in mm-hmm, Vedic mm-hmm. astrology. Uh, was this and, in, in the United States? Well, this, yeah, well, this was in Hawaii. He was uh-huh. living in Hawaii. He was that's, living that's in- That's the United uh, States still, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know, it is and it isn't. In my but, mind, uh, <laughs> it's one of the 50 well, it, states. It is, the, it is the United States, but yeah. it's, 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 halfway to, <laughs> it's right. halfway to Asia. So I was okay. already, I left there to go to Asia. Uh-huh. And uh, I studied with this man for, uh, for two weeks and- uh, and and saw him afterwards but this was uh, this was an amazing time with this teacher and uh he he taught me um he taught he's the most esoteric in in a lifetime of esoteric people he was the most esoteric i've ever met that you've ever met interesting and what made him more esoteric than the rest can you pinpoint it well, I, I don't know that. I, uh, let me say that he was empathic at birth. He was uh, he could hear everything. He, mm-hmm. he, he, he knew he had he had started with uh, Vedic astrology as a teenager. He had a neighbor in Massachusetts mm-hmm. that was studying it, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which, you know, many of us didn't have right, was studying right, right. Vedic astrology. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he could see deeply into people. Yeah. And uh, he, 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 because he 
never forgot anything. He would quote movies. He would quote books. He <laughs> How could, interesting! He could be Ooh. he could be in the moment with anything because he was because all of his experiences were they right there. For very him eclectic. Too. Very interesting person. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Very interesting per wow. person. You were lucky. You were very lucky. Now uh, let's say that still lucky. Yeah, that's good. Is he still around? Do you have some contact? No, he's oh, a, he's a hermit, and uh, oh, I had my time, and uh, oh, then, well. uh, he, oh, well. he moves on. Yeah, um, all of this as as a background, just to start to talk about Vedic astrology. Now, let's start perhaps by uh, tracing or distinguishing the differences between Western astrology and Vedic, and the origins of Vedic, where it comes from. Mm-hmm. So, uh, interestingly enough, uh, Vedic astrology is really uh, Indian astrology that's been dolled up a little bit. The, what, is, lot, what do you mean uh, dolled up a little bit? <laughs> okay, so so a, a couple of smart guys, a few mm-hmm. smart guys who had been who had been uh, 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 Americans, yeah. Westerners who had studied in India and had studied Indian astrology. They got together in the late '80s and they said, "Well, you know, we want to bring Indian astrology to America uh-huh. to the West, mm-hmm. but if we call it Indian astrology, it won't get much bounce." Oh, so, so I, this is straight so off. The, is, wow, it got straight so, off the print here. You know, is yeah. This so truth? nobody knows this. Nobody yeah. talks about this story. This is the and first so time the I've ever is, heard of that. So story. It, it's a marketing term. There isn't really. There isn't in the. There wasn't any astrology in the Vedas, yeah. and so you can't really call it Vedic astrology. Um, what it is is it's it's a combination of the of the more psychological astro- uh, uh, aspects that came into astrology in the um, in the, starting from the 1930s with Dane Rudger and uh-huh. and uh, and astrologers like this. I told somebody recently that he wrote a book in the 30s. Dane Rudger did called the mm-hmm. the lunation cycle, and it was right. the first time that the moon was ever described as as um, that the that the new moon and the first quarter and the full moon and the third quarter had different aspects and before uh-huh. this the first quarter and the third quarter were considered the same points because they were equidistant from new moon or full moon right. and so they had a an equal uh, weighting Mm-hmm. But he brought in the idea that in the first quarter, you're sort of halfway to the new moon and and uh, to the full moon and they and that that's a journey. And then you're kind of coming back, back from that journey to the new moon. That was a brand new idea in the 30s. And so by the 80s, psychology had been brought into uh, uh, astrology, the, the Western astrology, the the um, uh, like the. Um, evolutionary astrology of Stephen Forrest mm-hmm. has kind of brought in psychology. And so they mm-hmm, took mm-hmm. Indian astrology and they added psychology and some Western ideas to it. And uh-huh. they called it Vedic astrology. And the main difference between them, between Western and Vedic astrology or Indian astrology is that, that Vedic is, is the chart is cast on sidereal time versus that the Western is cast on tropical time. Okay. This so is let's tell important. what is, what is sidereal time? Just for so sidereal time is start time, and and the uh, so 
so in Western, we use tropical time and we it's the relationship between the sun and the earth and the relationship with the sun and the earth is the seasons. And so mm-hmm. March 21st is Aries zero every year. But in Vedic astrology, we we're looking past the we're looking from the earth right to the sun to the sky behind the sun. Right. And that changes every year. It's on a 26,000 year cycle called the procession of the equinox. Uh-huh. And and so and so it's changeable and it it's moving at a rate of 1 degree every 72 years. Mm-hmm. We're now uh 1500 years. The two systems were about the same 400-500 AD. We're now 24 degrees difference. And so that's why, and it moves backwards. And so that's why you may be a Leo in tropical and you may be a cancer in, in uh, mm-hmm. sidereal, in, I in see. Vedic astrology. I see. So if I said to you, and then we'll, we still have to talk about Vedic astrology a little more, but if I said to you, look, Indra, this sounds really interesting to me. I'd love to learn Vedic astrology how long do you think it would take for me to learn Vedic astrology and to put it to any kind of use, even just for myself? So how do you define Vedic astrology in the sense of like, I call organic gardening that you, you do what you want, but you don't use chemicals. (laughs) Okay. Excuse me. I'm I'm laughing when you're making me laugh. All right, go on. Okay. Go on, go so, on. So you can, so if you've been a gardener, you can call yourself an organic gardener because you just change, you don't use chemicals. And so as a vegetarian astrologer, it will take you lifetimes to learn all of the rules and all the bells and whistles. Okay. I don't consider those particularly important. To me, the Vedic astrology, I also kind of use it as a marketing term. Most important to me is the sidereal chart. There are uh-huh. some bells and whistles in it, but yeah. there's also a lot of noise and distractions in it. And if you want to, yeah. you know, astrologers have come up with a lot of ways of bringing people back. Because yeah. if you just read their chart and you never see them again, it doesn't really help right. your pocket. And of so, oh, and so I, over the millenniums, cynical. Do I hear some cynicism? <laughs> well, uh, you can call it cynicism, and perhaps it is. But I think it's just more truth. Is the fact yeah, yeah. that there's a lot of noise and mm-hmm. a lot of distractions, and it and it doesn't really help you. That 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 they they create problems and then they yeah. try to solve them. Yeah, you know, you're. In, it's interesting that you make you're couching it into um, a frame or a context of a marketing tool. I mean, it's interesting that you say that. Why? Because let's say astrology is one thing, numerology is another, and whatever, ologies that in the spiritual word world there, I don't know, is there a word tarotology or something? Um, but, sure. but I don't see card reading or uh, um i don't know crystal reading uh scrying or anything could to be defined as you're saying it for astrology i understand what you're saying you've got the chart you get the chart but for me to help you you've got to come to me and so you have to give it another another i don't know label so people keep coming back i understand that concept but i think that that probably is very particular to the astrological world because I don't see how that's possible for any other ology. You know what I'm saying? 
I know exactly what you're saying. You're, 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 uh, God bless your heart. But the fact <laughs> is, is that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're funny guy. <laughs> All right, go, go ahead. So the, the so the tarot reader, so the tarot reader does not teach you how to read the tarot cards. What the tarot reader does is it tells tells you a story. Uh -huh. And then when you have your next problem, then you have to come back to the tarot reader in order to get your next story. Uh, it's called cynicism. <laughs> All right. Well, now, you can call it cynicism. Yeah. I like to think of it as a truth. The fact right. is, is that I, I bust bubbles. Okay? Uh, okay. I'll give it to you. I bust uh, bubbles. Of course. Of course. All right. So now let's go back to Vedic astrology and... Um, what, um, what is the, you know, if you had to say in, in, um, I don't know, in a very short, uh, seminar speech, uh, the core concepts of Vedic astrology, how would you, how would you describe it to us? The core concepts is that we are imprinted with planetary energy at birth. Mm-hmm. And I can't say how, I can't say why, but the mm. fact is, is that we are imprinted and that we have a chat, we have strengths and weaknesses based on the planets and whatever are our weaknesses are our challenges through our life. They're not good nor bad. They just are. Some people have more challenges than other people. Mm -hmm. It isn't make them better. It doesn't make them worse. It just is. So, and so, so the let so let's say i'm coming to you for a reading okay and i know nothing about that you know i don't i know very little about vedic astrology you do whatever you do i don't know what you do do you have charts is that something yes okay yes okay so you take a chart you do your chart magic and then you try to explain it to me and you use particular words right it is part of the reading, um, are there categories? I don't know, the challenges, like you just said, the challenges of life, uh, I don't know, your life lessons. Does that exist in, in what you do? It does, but uh -huh. um, I like to say at the end of the reading, people say, now, what do I do with this? <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I came... Can't wait to hear what you're going to say to them. <laughs> so what I say, so what I have, so what has been, what came to me is I, something that I call the four doorways to conscious living. Mm. And so what the four doorways are, the first one is to learn to observe. We need to watch our own behavior. We need to observe our thinking. We need to observe how we react to people around us when our mother comes in the room mm -hmm. or when our ex-mates come around or or uh, when, uh, uh, you know, the boss appears, you know, all of a sudden at our shoulder, what are, what are we, you know, when we become all thumbs, how do we react? How do we react to our life? The second doorway is to let go and release what doesn't serve us. Mm -hmm. The third doorway is to love ourselves, And the fourth is to live in the moment. So if mm -hmm. we live in the moment, then we cannot help but love ourselves. If we're, if we're not loving ourselves, then we're not in the moment. 
And so how do we love ourselves? Then we let go and release what doesn't serve us. Mm -hmm. And how do we know uh, what to let go is that we observe. And so we take the reading is, is that your Saturn is weak. And so you get fearful and your Venus is, is weak. And so you, you, you do comparisons and judgments. You're judgmental towards yourself. You're judgmental towards other people. Yeah. So those are things that I might say. And so then the idea is, is that you just observe when that comes up. And so mm -hmm. the idea is to, is to go to the high side of the planet, the high side of Saturn, which the low side is fear. The high side is focus and discipline. And so when you let go of your fear, then you become more focused and disciplined on whatever you're on, whatever you're interested in learning or becoming or or changing about yourself. And the high side of Venus, the low side is um, judgments and and um, and comparisons yeah. and criticalness. And so the high side is integrity. And so it's not about wanting other people to live at your level of integrity. Uh -huh. It's about you living at your yeah. level of integrity. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's say that, do you have a website? Where can people find you if they want to uh, have a sure. reading from? Sure, I have a... I have a website and uh, I like to offer uh, uh, people, your listeners, I would send their Vedica chart to them for free. Uh -huh. If you email me with your, uh, I need three things. Uh -huh. uh, I can't do a chart without these things, the date of birth, the time and the place. Mm -hmm. And if you give me those three, then I will send you your Vedic chart. Yeah. And also, I'd be happy to send you this free uh, Enneagram test, the Enneagram of Personality test. Um, okay. So, so just send me an email. Okay. Now, but first of all, um, I need your email address for people to write okay, to you, right? Okay. That's Indra at gmail.com. Okay. And the website is IndraRinsler.com. It's uh, very okay. simple. Once you get my name. Okay. All right. So um, those are where people can find you. And of course, you also are um, present on Facebook as well. Um, Indra right. Rinsler, right? Uh, okay. So that is great. And do you have any other social media that people would be or could be interested in following you? At? The Facebook is the best. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so this will be in the um, it's .com, your, your website, intervinsler.com. Yes. Okay. And there's nothing between the two words. All right. All right. Good. Well, wow. This is, um, aside, you know, cynicism aside, this was, um, a, an interesting talk. Well, one thing that I am coming away with quite surprisingly with is the, the notion that, it, that there were Americans involved and that it was the 1980s and they, you know, sort of uh, constructed this Vedic astrology with the name that, and like you said, you know, could be for marketing. Uh, you see how I said could you know, be for marketing purposes. And uh, so that is uh, surprises me, but I will go read about that. Um, this is interesting. Would you, apart from readings that you personally do, uh, would you like, do you have anything that you would like to suggest? Because you did talk about observing, being um, in, uh, being mindful, living in the moment and all of that. 
But aside from the work you do with people, is there something else you can suggest them to do that is beyond your, the scope of your work that you also practice with someone else? I'm not sure if I've under, you know, made you understand mm. that question. Um, oh, yes. Okay. Very simple. Okay. Go, go sit in nature. Okay, good. That And with that note, I think we can call it a day. <laughs> Thank you so much for this, Indra, for taking the time to talk to us. And everything will be under these. And we'll, we'll talk again, I hope, in the future. Bye-bye. Right, so <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. You're welcome.